Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Complete Sports Media Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. Uh, We're on the Complete Media Network tonight. And as usual, Monday weekend wrap-up of sports. Jason Cameron joins us to do that. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Good good to hear. Um, Yeah, good weekend. Yeah, good weekend. I saw some family on uh, Friday night, so it was good. Visited with some friends Saturday. That was good. It was a good night. Good to hear. Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's lots to talk about. Uh, Canucks played uh, on the weekend, on uh, last night, actually, um, hosting the Winnipeg Jets. It was the first time there was fans in the building in 570 days. Uh, that was just exclusively to season ticket holders. And uh, so no tickets available to the regular public, but uh, tomorrow night, first game where the regular public can buy tickets. I'm going to go see uh, them play the new Seattle Kraken. And I was at the last game, uh, New York Islanders in March, and then the pandemic hit, shut everything down. And I'll be at the first game you can get to be at for a fan. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, It'll be kind of cool to see the new look Canucks. Uh, They just signed their two big, Stars and uh, 570 days is a long time uh, between games. Yeah, I know it's a it's a it's a heck of a long time, and it's it's just it's weird to say it like that. Yeah, but uh, that's the world that we live in right now. So, uh, but uh, it should be very exciting for you to go and see the Canucks finally see them live. Yeah, and, uh, it's gonna be great. Kind of cool to see them against the Kraken too. Uh, that's gonna be an instant rivalry. It'll be the closest game uh, that uh, Canucks fans can go to and uh, there have been rivalries like that over the years Uh, it'll be super fun uh, once the Kraken you know start being competitive I don't know if that'll be immediately this year they've looked all right so far but it's just preseason so um, but it'd be nice if they uh, you know are neck and neck with the Canucks and uh, there'll be a lot of games where a lot of Canucks fans will be down there a lot of Seattle fans will be up here it'll be pretty cool yeah it's gonna be it, it, you know what? It, it's a long time coming. It's a long time coming. It's going to be awesome just to, just to have this uh, rivalry grow as it will over the next co- course of a couple of years and stuff. And uh, yeah, and I, I just love I love the name of that team of the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, team. yeah that was a great name. I'm, I was glad they named that uh, as well. Um, huge, huge news in social media today. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp all went offline and were unable to uh, work for anybody in the world for hours and hours and hours today. It was just a chaotic mess, and uh, nobody really knows quite why yet, but uh, for all three of those social media platforms to go offline, uh, a lot of social influencers must have just been dying. It's uh, pretty wild. When uh, that just uh, suddenly is no longer and you can't get access to it. And it's weird, right? Because we're so used to actually having the ability to go onto these apps and uh, do our our social media from day to day. Then once it's taken away from us, it's almost like our phone is missing. What do I do? What (laughs) am I going to do? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know, for all those millennials and young people that uh, just, you know, check their Facebook, check their 
Instagram all the time. Uh, I don't know what they would have done today. It would have been just uh, quite chaotic in their lives. And uh, hopefully they've been able to figure it out and it won't be uh, offline again. But uh, yeah, that was big news today. The big power outage there. Um, I want to talk about the NFL to start with tonight. Uh, the big Monday nighter tonight, uh, a big AFC West battle between the undefeated Raiders, the only undefeated team left in the AFC against the Chargers. Uh, but the Chargers have laid a spanking on him in the first half, uh, up 21 nothing, and uh, really dominating this game. Uh, I think this is surprising a lot of people. Yeah, well, it's surprising me, uh, that's for sure. I, I was not expecting the Chargers to be as dominant and shut down the Raiders' offense to literally nothing so far in this game. So uh, hopefully John Gruden can work some magic to get his team back into it. Yeah. Yeah, Derek Carter, uh, 7 for 13 for 52 yards in that first half. Josh Jacobs only had uh, 19 yards on eight carries. Uh, the top receiver had uh, 21 yards on one catch, Darren Waller, uh, usually Carr's favorite receiver. I don't know how the Chargers uh, did it, but uh, Justin Herbert already having a phenomenal game, 20 to 25, 175 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Eckler, eight carries for 59 yards. Uh, Jared Cook has a TD, Austin Eckler, and Don Parham. Uh, uh, all teams will be three and one if the Chargers um, do win this game uh, in the AFC West, except for the Kansas City Chiefs will still be at the bottom. In, at two and two, pretty, um, pretty wild that uh, the Chiefs, even though they had another big win, they'll still be last in the in the division after week four. Yeah, nobody would ever have saw that coming to have guessed that uh, the Chiefs would be at the bottom of their division. No, no, no. I don't think anybody placed that bet. That's for sure. No, no. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, Raiders have looked phenomenal this year so far, or just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, three three wins in a row, outscoring teams uh, quite handily and and looking great. Uh, Broncos took their first loss this weekend. Uh, and, yeah, but three uh, three and one, uh, all three teams are looking like, and then the Chiefs at two and two. So uh, it's always great to uh, start in the NFC with that uh, – big division with the Seahawks and cards and all that kind of stuff. But the biggest game of the weekend, uh, all the hype that was given to Tom Brady's return to new England and to face the Patriots, uh, a bit of a dead game. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the rain had a lot of effect. There's been a lot of injuries on both sides, but um, Tom Brady was able to go into New England and and beat the Patriots uh, in a bit of a snoozer game, but it was close. Came down to a missed field goal at the end. And uh, what do you think about uh, the Sunday nighter? Yeah, it was a bit of a snoozer. Uh, it was like one of those grind out wins that you got to do every once in a while for 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 an NFL team. And uh, Brady can do those games. He's done many of them before, and he'll do many more again. Uh, 22 for 22 of 43 for 269 yards. Uh, Fournette actually had a pretty good game too as well. 20 carries, 91 yards. And uh, you know what? The Bucks did just enough to beat the Patriots. Although the Patriots did, uh, they did have a good showing. They really did. They they almost won the game. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, their kicker missed the 56 yarder. So. Yeah, that was a 
a shock, but um, yeah, it was it was far. Um, they seemed to kick it a little soon, and uh, it looked like they could have got him a little closer. It was sort of surprised. Um, usually Belichick doesn't make those type of mistakes, but um, he sure seemed to be able to put the right defensive schemes on there to really confuse um, Tom and uh, his you know offensive package because. Um, Brady was, um, yeah, just sort of average for sure uh, in this game. Yeah, he was average. But the one thing about Brady is he also didn't make any mistakes. Right. He didn't turn over the ball. So he he did he did enough to make sure that he didn't cost his team a loss. Yeah. In this particular game. Um, he actually got booed when he walked onto the field uh, at the start of the game, which really surprised me. Uh, when he came out a little bit before the game, they were cheering him on and stuff. But when he came out for that first offensive drive, uh, there was booze in the crowd, and I wasn't expecting that at all. Surprising. You know, like, I guess it's uh, NFL fans are fickle because they're just like, well, what have you done for me lately? Well, nothing, because <laughs> you're not on my team. You're dead to me. So, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, they booed, they booed him. I, I was a little bit surprised because, you know, he did bring the franchise, I don't know, six Super Bowls. Six Super Bowls, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I was amazed to hear that Tom Brady's jersey sales are the number one jersey sell- sold in North America out of any sport. Tom Brady's jersey is number one. Guess who's number two? Oh, man. Uh, do, can I go with any sport? Can I, can I guess any sport? It, it's, or, football. It football it's football. It's football. Ooh, Rogers. Is it Aaron Rogers? No. Good guess, but no. No. It's the QB that he faced last night. What, Mac Jones? <laughs> Number two. Number two. Oh. In Jersey sales this year, Mac Jones. Amazing. Hey? That's how much fans that the Patriots have across North America because of their you know continued success. Uh, there's a lot of bandwagon jumpers a lot of people that just like the patriots because they were winners all the time but mac jones already number two in jersey sales that was really surprising i would never have thought that i would never have thought that he's an he's an unknown quantity thus far so yeah. far in his fledgling nfl career but uh ah, well, i guess good for him yeah great news for mac jones yeah pretty cool uh, the other th- big thing that happened last night was Tom Brady became the all-time passing leader, passing Drew Brees. Uh, it was kind of wild to see Drew on the sideline working for NBC. Uh, he threw it. He They tied when uh, Antonio Brown got a catch, and then uh, he was able to uh, throw another pass to AB and uh, get the record. Um, but there really wasn't any stoppage in play. There wasn't you know, a ceremony. I remember when Drew Brees uh, got that record, you know, his family came down, they were hugging and high-fiving and showing cool things on the highlight video, but no, they were, weren't doing that in New England. Uh, they're like, no, nope, sorry, buddy, you're, you're gone. We don't care. We're not honoring it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, uh, that's the Patriots fans. Once you leave our team, you are dead to us. You are dead to us. So, no fanfare there, but again, Brady with yet another record to add to his long, long, hold on a second, long list of records. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe 
uh how many yeah how many records the guy had had uh oh my god i i, I actually uh took took a picture some uh picture of the screen last night and it it just kept rolling records just rolling them down the screen i had to take three pictures uh when i when i saw that i was like what the heck is going on here um i'll pull it up in a sec uh richard sherman made his season debut with the bucks and he led them with seven tackles uh how did you think um his performance was after missing all the season so far not bad not bad uh you know i stepped in did what he needed to do i think he's going to actually be able to help the defense for sure um all he has to do is uh behave himself yeah and uh stay out of trouble oh yeah the only thing he should be worried about right now is just trying to play football and that's about it if he can do that, I think he's going to be great. He said he's had some uh, mental health issues that led to his legal troubles recently. He's addressing them and uh, trying his best to, uh, yeah, try to yeah, keep out of trouble. And um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with the court case. I don't know what's going to happen with the NFL because usually. Uh, if a guy gets in trouble in any legal way, um, there can be suspensions and um, there's a personal conduct policy that the NFL brings in place. Um, and so, yeah, this could be short lived for him. He could be there only for a little while, but uh, they lost three cornerbacks that started the year there. And uh, so he, he's desperately needed to come in and, and bring that veteran presence Hopefully he can learn the, the defense really well and he's there. Um, sometimes when I see tackles for a cornerback, I think maybe that's not the greatest stat because the guy uh, that he's covering keeps getting the ball and then he has to bring him down. So I'm not sure if he had a great game or not. Uh, seven tackles for a cornerback sometimes isn't the best stat. Sometimes, but if 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 the man that he's covering is only getting short yardage gains, then it's not that bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, and also too, like, hey, just look at the score. Uh, he clearly wasn't getting burned or torched, you know. So that's not true. bad. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Tom Brady's records. Uh, <laughs> the Patriots' records: uh, seventy-four thousand five hundred seventy-one passing yards. Uh, he lays Drew Bledsoe by about 50,000 yards there. Uh, 541 touchdowns. Steve Grogan was second with 182. Uh, 285 games he played with the Patriots. Second place is Bruce Armstrong with 212. 41 playoff games. Uh, their kicker, Steven Guskowski, was second with 28. Uh, nine Super Bowl appearances. Goskowski had six Super Bowl wins, six multiple players had three, but he has double that. Uh, four MVPs, and a uh, couple other guys got one Edelman and Branch, 14 Pro Bowls. Uh, nine is the other guys in second place there. Um, 11,388 playoff passing yards. Bledsoe has a thousand and thirty five and 73 playoff passing touchdowns. Second place, seven Tony Eason. So, like, 
come on. Like, you remember we were talking about the official NFL record book as his? Well, the Patriots yeah. one is just hilarious. Like, they should just, yeah, not even put anybody else in the in the book because it's just insane how far ahead he is of everybody else. It, it, yeah, because it's why, why bother? Why, why even bother mentioning who second place is? Because he's just so far beyond and ahead of everybody. There's just no point in even mentioning anybody else. I mentioned some things, I think it was last week, where, uh, about him throwing um, TD pass or, you know, throw, having passing records after 40 and stuff. And uh, they, they had a hilarious – a guy came on and he was just showing that stat. Do you, do you remember seeing that at the beginning of the game? The guy was just showing how many – Guys, he's just blown away after 40 years old. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. And it, you're just, it doesn't actually really make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, like, at there's all. Only, there's only been uh, five quarterbacks to throw a pass at age 44 or older. Uh, Tom Brady has uh, thrown 10 touchdowns, 1,087 yards since he's been 44. Uh, second place is Vinny Testaverde. 511 yards, four touchdowns, five picks. George Blanda, who played till he was 48. And they're like, oh, he could make that. 2025, oh, November. Uh, yeah, he could uh, pass George Blanda. Uh, George Blanda was had 494 yards, six touchdowns, seven picks. Not very good. Um, and then we got Steve DeBerg, 369 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. And Warren Moon looks like he just played maybe a game. 130 yards, uh, one interception, zero touchdowns. So, um, yeah, he's just absolutely, uh, you know, pushing those records and getting up there and and just showing that age doesn't really affect him. Uh, and he's become one of four quarterbacks of all time to beat all 32 teams, uh, joining Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Brett Favre as the uh, the four guys doing that. So. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess enough superlatives, enough uh, things said about him. Um, Bucks uh, win another one. And, um, yeah, Jones played well. He had 19 straight completions at one point. And um, if they just didn't miss that field goal, uh, yeah, maybe they you know, get the big win. I think Jones has actually been the best rookie quarterback so far in this 2021 class. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, he, he seems to be the one that has played the best thus far out of all the rookie quarterbacks. And uh, yeah. And then uh, unfortunately for Zach Wilson, he's, he plays on the jets. Yeah. And that's it. That's all there is to say about that. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the other big game of the weekend had uh, uh, big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger facing Aaron Rodgers, uh, Packers, and the Steelers. Uh, both guys passed Dan Marino for some prolific records. Um, uh, ben passed Dan Marino for sixth all-time in passing yards, and Aaron Rod Rodgers um, passed him with touchdown passes. Uh, their last head-to-head -head meeting was Super Bowl 35. In 2010, no, sorry, Super Bowl 45 in 2010. Um, I can't believe it's been like 11 years since those two guys last faced each other. Yeah, that's that's weird how it's been that long. 
for those two to finally play each other again. And it's, I, you know, obviously it's due to the scheduling, but yeah, kind of weird, kind of odd. Yeah, odd yeah, like so strange. Um, the next time they'll be meeting, will be in Canton, Ohio, Hall of Fame. Both those guys have had amazing careers uh, going up into the top uh, five, top ten of all time. And um, But, yeah, when I saw that, uh, they hadn't met since then. I remember that Super Bowl really, really well. Uh, my friend Vess's birthday that day, we watched it at the Vogue Theater on the big screen inside the Vogue Theater. And a huge party, a um, friend of ours, uh, owns that place and uh, we had a really really good time um, and yeah it was uh, Aaron Rodgers getting his Super Bowl victory and getting the MVP and beating the Steelers uh, it was a really really um, yeah very very prolific game yeah no I know Rodgers uh, Rodgers played very well in that game and uh, yeah definitely deserving of the win there for the Super Bowl win and uh, just like Rodgers was very deserving of the win against the Steelers uh, yesterday, uh, Packers were able to convert nine to 15 third downs. And Rodgers went 20 of 36 for 248 yards, two touchdowns. He had a, he had a solid game. Yeah, no, he sure did. Yeah. He, um, he's got some good weapons. Uh, I was surprised that uh, Randall Cobb was um, so, you know, so prolific in this game, two touchdowns. Uh, he's sort of faded off into the sunset uh, for the last couple seasons, but um, he was a favorite target of Aaron uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good to see him reemerge. Kind of forgot about him, yeah. you know, because he was kind of a big deal for a couple of years there, and then all of a sudden he just kind of disappeared into yeah. the ether. But I'm glad to see that he's coming back. And then also, too, the Packers' run game was solid, solid run game yeah. uh, yesterday. Dylan, 15 carries of 81 yards, and Jones, 18 carries for 99 yards. Yeah, yeah, and Jones had three catches for 51, too. So, um, yeah, uh, I know Aaron Rodgers just loves Aaron Jones and wants to utilize him like crazy. And, yeah, that offense is clicking. They lost that first game of the year, uh, have bounced back and played played really great and, and looking super solid. Um, as I said, we usually like – talking about the NFC West to start with. And so uh, why don't we dive into that NFC West division? Uh, Seahawks had a big win over the 49ers, 28-21. Russell Wilson got his 100th career win and improved the Hawks to 2-2 two and two now on the year. Um, really slow moving first half, kind of boring, not really a lot going on. But um, Seahawks finally put some points in the board in the third quarter for the first time this season. They got a couple touchdowns, and uh, uh, Russell had a good game. Not as prolific as usual, but uh, he was able to get a couple touchdowns through the air, one on the ground, and um, DK Metcalf had another touchdown. Chris Carson was quiet. Uh, not sure why. Didn't have a lot of uh, yardage there. And uh, Tyler Lockett was coming in injured. Uh, they weren't sure how well he would do. He had a really quiet game, too, but... Um, big, big victory, interdivisional game. They needed that win over the Niners. Yeah, they needed that win. And their defense actually did enough, did enough to get that win, cement that win. Held the 49ers to 2 of 14 on third down conversions, which was huge for the defense right there. Um, but uh, Garoppolo wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. bad. You know, 14-23, yards, TD, and a pick. But unfortunately, he left the game with a cap injury. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm just what it, it's uh, worrying. Hopefully, he's able to come back uh, for the next game, but don't, you never know with these calf injuries. Yeah. Yeah, well, he missed the second half. Um, the rookie Trey Lance came in and uh, played pretty well. Um, nine of 18, 157 yards and a couple pick, uh, I mean, a couple touchdowns, and uh, also 41 yards on the ground uh, with seven rushes. So, um, yeah, I like Trey Lance. I, I feel like uh, once he gets a little more experience, uh, I think, yeah, he's, he's going to be a good quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I believe so too. Um, you know, he's just going to have to slowly gain that experience as he works his way through the league. Yeah. Debo Samuel was massive again, man. That guy's good. Eight for 156 and a couple touchdowns. Like, man, are they happy they got him? He is an incredible, incredible receiver. Yeah. He's an incredible weapon that the 49ers are utilizing very, very well. Yeah. So uh, both teams uh, sit at two and two now, the Hawks and the Niners. Uh, Seahawks host the Rams on Thursday night football this week. Uh, and the 49ers have to face the unbeaten Cardinals in the late Sunday window. So uh, 49ers are in a little bit tougher. Uh, I'm looking forward to that Thursday game uh, between the Rams and the Hawks. Uh, that'll be fun. Oh, no, that that's going to be a very good Thursday night game. But then again, surprisingly enough, every Thursday night game has actually been really good. That's hard. So yeah. hopefully that streak continues. Okay. The other um, big matchup in the NFC West was the uh, Cardinals and the Rams. Uh, it was the second divisional matchup between undefeated teams uh, in the last 15 years. So not, not often uh, this, this will happen, uh, but the cards just remain unbeaten top of the conference four and oh really just ran roughshod over the Rams. Um, amazing. Amazing. They were three and oh on the road uh, really had a amazing running attack and uh, geez, uh, I don't know. I, I think the Cardinals have finally put things together and uh, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, they're for real. And it, it's, it's interesting to me because uh, Kyler Murray, now that he's healthy, you see exactly what he's capable of doing. Yeah. Uh, last year, when he injured his shoulder, there was definitely a difference to their offense. Yeah. And now that he's whole and ready to go, 24, 32, 268 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, at times, that, that, that man looks like a video game out there. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how he can escape the pass rush, how elusive he is out there on the field. Uh, he's, he's, just, he's just awesome to watch. It's so exciting to watch. Yeah, uh, I don't think he would have uh, even been in the league uh, if it wasn't for Russell Wilson. But um, at this point, he looks like he might, you know, be even better than Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, if he can stay injury free and he can keep up this, uh, he's just, yeah, he's so tough to bring down. He's so fast uh, and he has a great arm too. Uh, everything about him I like. Um, you know, as I mentioned, their running attack was great. Uh, Chase Edmonds had 12 carries for 120 yards, 10 yards a carry. Like if you get in the first down every single time you touch the ball off a run, you know, why would you stop running? That's amazing. No, no, that that's literally amazing. And uh, and then Connor too, 18 carries, 50 yards, and he had two touchdowns. He two had two touchdowns. Scores. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, their running attack 
just ate up the Rams. Uh, AJ Green, uh, you know, man, he's uh, went there, rejuvenated himself, uh, looking great. Five catches, 67 yards and a touchdown. Max Williams had the other touchdown. And um, yeah, Cardinals are 4-0, and uh, looking really, really good. And as I said, they uh, host the 49ers uh, Sunday. Uh, Stafford it was okay, but um, just doesn't have the weapons. Um, Cooper Cup has had a phenomenal year, but uh, was kind of held in check. Uh, five catch, 64 yards. Um, it seems like the cards just, yeah, had too, too great of a running attack to, um, yeah, to, you know, be defeated by the Rams. Yeah, their, their running attack was on point for sure for that particular game. And uh, Stafford was slightly off, I, I, I found. He, he was missing some throws. He missed some open receivers here and there. Um, but then again, they were, you know what? At the end of the day, the Cardinals were just better. They were a better team, and they played better, and they, they won that game 37-20, and uh, they won it convincingly. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Okay, let's switch to the NFC South. Um, we did talk a little bit of the Bucks uh, off the top, but um, let's talk about the Panthers. Um, they went into Dallas undefeated. Uh, their top-ranked defense just uh, looked incredible those first three weeks, uh, but didn't didn't look very good in this one. Dallas, uh, man, uh, maybe they're for real. Uh, they just stomped on them early. Uh, Carolina had a bit of a comeback late, but uh, wasn't able to come back. 36-28 win. Uh, Prescott, four TD passes on just 14 completions. Um, Zeke had a great game again. Um, yeah, they looked they looked phenomenal. The, the Cowboys looked really good against, uh, against the best defense in the league going into this game. Yeah, best defense going into the league in this game, and the Cowboys torched them. And then the Cowboys defense really stepped up. Yeah. Um, they they were they he had they had Sam Darnold running for his life for most of that game, running yeah. for his life. And the Cowboys recorded five sacks against him. Um, yeah, yeah, man, it, it was it was a very very impressive win by the Cowboys and Diggs with uh, two picks, two interceptions himself. Yeah, uh, Stephon Diggs' brother, uh, he set a record for picks in the first four games of a season. Uh, he's actually got five picks in the first four games. So uh, incredible acquisition for the Cowboys. And, and uh, yeah, he's helping them you know, get these big wins. Uh, amazing. Uh, Diggs is catching them in, in Buffalo, and he's catching them in Dallas. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, both guys got good hands. Both guys got great hands, and uh, Jerry Jones, I think, may need to give himself a little pat on the back for actually listening to somebody other than himself and uh, bolstering that defense because now it's paying dividends. Uh, loved seeing Chuba Hubbard in there. Uh, the Canadian had uh, 13 carries for 57 yards, 4.4 uh, yards average. Uh, was really uh I've very, been very, very impressed with him. And with Christian McCaffrey out, uh, it's great to see him be able to come in and get some carries and uh, show what he's got. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's good to know that the, that the Panthers actually have somebody else that's reliable in the backfield that they can give the hand off the ball to uh, other than just McCaffrey because McCaffrey's now dealing with that hamstring injury at the moment. 
Uh, Chuba was born in the same city you were born in. So, uh, yeah, you should definitely uh, follow him. And, and uh, yeah, the Edmontonian. Uh, you said there was quite the Jamaican community there. And, uh, you know, great to see a running back come out of Canada and do well. We haven't seen that in very, very many years. No, not for a long time. But then again, we haven't seen this kind of uh, Canadian talents come into the NFL for a long time. We actually have a number of uh, skilled players in the NFL right now. Mm. And it's uh, it's great to see. It is great to see. It's, an, it's uh, encouraging, too, as well, to know that uh, we're beginning to measure up to our American counterparts. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders have put points on the board. Uh, it's 21-7, and uh, they're marching in for another touchdown. They got the ball down inside the five, it looks like. Uh, Derek Carr's got all his weapons on the field. Third and goal, we're getting here about the uh, three-and-a-half-yard line and uh, trying to cut Ooh. the field. Yeah, and touchdown to Darren Waller. Yeah, TV Darren Waller. So, um Super impressive uh, catch there, and now it's a twenty-one fourteen, but brand new ball game. Yeah, yeah. I actually, you know what? I just remembered something. I actually have money on this game. Oh, I have yeah. a friendly bet with my coworker. I took the Chargers. He took the Raiders. I was very confident. Uh, maybe not so much now. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming back. Uh, yeah. yeah, it didn't look. It looked pretty bleak for the Raiders in that first half, but uh, yeah, put two touchdowns on the board already. Uh, Look out, uh, late third quarter, so uh, we'll keep our eye on that. Um, Cowboys host the Giants uh, next Sunday, and the Panthers host the Eagles, so um, we'll see how they fare um, going forward. Uh, continuing with the NFC South, uh, New Orleans, uh, they had a very heartbreaking loss in overtime to the New York Giants. Uh, touchdown run by Saquon Barkley in overtime uh, propelled the Giants to their first victory. Uh, the Giants were down 21-10 with just 7-14 left in the fourth quarter and somehow lost that one. Uh, really heartbreaking, especially because that was the first home game that New Orleans actually had in New Orleans because of the hurricane had pushed them out and made them homeless for a bit. Uh, kind of sad that uh, they weren't able to celebrate a victory that looked pretty certain there. And somehow the Giants pulled it out for that first win. Um, yeah, both New York teams actually won this week, both in overtime. Crazy that they, they finally got the monkey off their back, both uh, in OT. Yeah, which is, I never would have thought that was going to be a thing. I just never would have thought that both New York teams would win on the same day, let alone. So, but uh, hey, they uh, all credit to the Giants. They scored on their final three possessions of the game, yeah. and uh, Daniel Jones had a he had a massive game. Man. Massive. He had a huge game. Twenty-eight of forty, four hundred and two yards, two TDs and an interception. Yeah. yeah, man, that he was the reason why they won that game. Yeah, I think it was best game of his career. Uh, played phenomenal. Uh, great to see Saquon Barkley back. He's been injured quite a bit. He got a touchdown on 13 carries. And uh, Daniel Jones was also running the ball well there. Uh, Galladay had a phenomenal game. Six catches for 116 yards. Ross had a TD. Saquon also had five catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah, like 
wow, uh, you know, they looked they looked prolific and they were just like not giving up. They really um, went at them late and but yeah, it was uh, quite shocking. I, I I kind of just counted it out when I saw the score late, but uh, the Giants, uh, yeah, showed some heart. Yeah, they showed some heart, even with um, Kamara actually having a great game, yeah. 26 carries for 120 yards. But even with that, it was still not enough to overcome the G-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Taysom Hill had a big game, got a couple touchdowns there for him. Uh, they bring him in quite a bit to do those runs when they're down in the red zone and he got a couple TDs, but uh, no go. Um, Giants go to Dallas uh, for the late window game on Sunday and the Saints uh, go to Washington uh, early Sunday they play. So, um, okay. The last team we'll talk about in the NFC South is the Falcons. Uh, they fell 34, 30 to Washington. Uh, Taylor Heineke was phenomenal. Uh, 23 for 33, 290 yards and three touchdowns and 43 yards on the ground there. Uh, Terry McLaurin was his favorite target. Six catches, 123 yards and a couple TDs. Uh, McKissick had a TD. Gibson had a TD on the ground. Uh, Matt Ryan threw four TD passes and, and uh, seemed to be great. Uh, Cordell Patterson was phenomenal, had a really, really amazing game, but um, yeah, Washington was able to outscore the Falcons and, and get a big victory. Yeah, and the Falcons, uh, unfortunately, I'm just going to say it, true to form, again, collapsed down the stretch. Surrendered 12 points over the final four minutes, and that was, uh, that was their death knell. That was, that was what cost them the game again. Tough, tough eh? Tough. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's becoming a pattern for them. I'm I don't know what's happened to their defense, but uh, yeah, they just can't seem to outscore their troubles on D. No, no, they cannot. Um, it's almost like the defense just goes, you know what? That was good three quarters. I think we're good. I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't, but yeah. Uh, Atlanta falls to one and three, last in our division. Washington now sits two and two after four games, uh, just one game back of Dallas, uh, but firmly in second place in the East. And um, as I said, Washington hosts the Saints. Uh, the Falcons are considered the home team in London. Uh, they have a game in London, England uh, against the Jets, uh, 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern time next Sunday in London. Yeah, that's uh... – I like the fact that the NFL just travels out there to these uh, other countries and plays games and just to expose the game to uh, other people globally around the world. It, it's, it's, it's good. It builds the brand. And uh, also it's good for the players just to go outside of their comfort zone, so to speak, yeah. go to a different country. It's good. Yeah, it's great. No, I think it's awesome. I hope I, I want them to do it more. I think it's great. Except a couple games in Mexico. Obviously we had um, those, Bills games in Toronto, but we need more, you know, NFL games here. It would be great to see them come here to this coast and uh, uh, many other places. It would be phenomenal for, um, you know, NFL fans north of the border to get uh, some of the games. Or, or better idea, we just get an NFL team, team yeah. north, of the, north of the border. Ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh, that would be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be amazing. I don't see it happening right away, but uh, that would be amazing. Keep your fingers crossed. 
Uh, okay, NFC East completely covered except for the Eagles. As I mentioned, Cowboys three and one, Washington two and two, Giants one and three, and now unfortunately the Eagles fall to one and three after losing 42-30 to KC. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, like monster, monster, monster games. Mahomes, five TD passes, three to Hill. Uh, he was just, holy cow, like, is it's almost impossible to cover Tyreek Hill these days. He just, he just finds a place, stands there, gets the ball, and runs it in. The guy is just amazing. He's, um, I, I think they call him the, the cheetah for a reason. He, he is so freaking fast. 11 receptions for 186 yards and three touchdowns. Like, you you do need to focus on him. You need to literally scheme to take that guy away, yeah. or he does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unreal, eh? Just unreal, yeah. Uh, they had a great rushing attack with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 102 yards on the ground. Uh, he had a touchdown through the air. Daryl Williams had a touchdown on the ground. Uh, Joe Fortson had the other TD. Jalen Hurts was phenomenal, really good. Um, 387 yards through the air uh, and, and uh, 47 on the ground. But, um, yeah, just not enough weapons to, to beat those Chiefs. And uh, those Chiefs are sitting at the bottom of that division, but not for long. No, no, no. They're, they're the they're the, they're the, they're the, the boogeymen that are just lurking in the dark. They're just waiting waiting they scored six touchdowns on seven possessions jesus wow yeah that's crazy uh i think the game of next sunday game of the weekend is going to be chiefs hosting the bills uh really really titanic uh nfc uh, matchup uh or as yeah nfc asc crossover i guess uh it's the sunday nighter game so uh all of america all of canada all of uh the world uh, being able to watch uh, those two teams play. I can't wait for that game. Ah, oh, it's going to be a great game. It's uh, you got basically two Titans coming, going at each other. It's going to be great. Fantastic. Yeah. game. Okay. So we've covered three divisions in the uh, NFC. Just one to go. Uh, we mentioned the Packers and the Steelers uh, big 27, 17 win by the Packers. Um, anything else that we didn't get to when we talked about them right off the top? Uh, no, no, actually we, we pretty much covered that. Um, you know, Roethlisberger 26 of 40 for 232 yards, touchdown and interception. Um, I don't know though. Every, every time I see Roethlisberger, it just seems like he doesn't seem like himself. Yeah. It just seems like he's lost some steam off, like when he throws the football or something. Something just seems not quite right anymore. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, it's true. Uh, he looked good first game of the year, and then um, yeah, seems like just doesn't have just doesn't have it right now. And uh, maybe it's a blip. Maybe it's age. Uh, I guess we will see. But um, yeah, it's uh, crazy because usually Steelers, you can pretty much count them to be on top of their division, making the playoffs. Um, you know, I don't think they've had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. Since he's been there, uh, so much stability with that franchise, and uh, you know, usually they're great, uh, but they just haven't had that succession plan that they should have. Yeah, yeah, and because you have to have that, you have to have that. You have to be re- willing and ready to groom the next person to take over. 
and they they clearly do not have that in place right now. Uh, Steelers host the Broncos, and the Packers go to Cincy to play the Bengals uh, on Sunday. So, uh, okay, Chicago sits at two and two. Um, they really had a much better showing than last week. I was just disgusted with their performance last week and their play calling, um, but they uh, were able to be pretty prolific against the winless Lions, but at least uh, they got off the snide and looked uh, really quite quite good. And, um, yeah, Justin Fields wasn't running for his life the whole entire time. Uh, had a pretty good game. Uh, yeah, what would you think of this one? I thought that the, the, that the Lions kind of shot themselves more in the foot than anything else. Um, the first half Lions were inside the Chicago's eight-yard line three separate times, three separate drives, and they came away with no points. Holy cow. Zero points. Wow. You do that in an NFL game, you are not going to be winning NFL that's, games. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's a telling <laughs> stat that you got there, man. Wow. If you're going to do that, yeah, you're not going to win much. And, um, yeah, I – I see. I, I watch Jalen Rose on, on TV most days, and and he's a diehard Lions fan. And almost every week, he just puts his head down on Monday and just just shaking it, and just just shaking it, shaking it constantly, just looking like he is just so incredibly sad at their another terrible Lions loss. Uh, I didn't see him today, but I'm sure he was doing that again. Uh, how could he not? How could he not? How could he not shake his head at this? It's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's sad. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's sad that the Lions are just, they just have this ineptitude to them right now at this point in time. They just can't seem to get, uh, get past it. Yeah. And that, uh, that trade, uh, it's been crazy. Goff, um, you know, you thought for the first few years there, Goff was going to be pretty good. He took the Rams to the Super Bowl. Um, but, man, uh, he cannot win there. Uh, that trade has really, really, really worked out well for Detroit. Uh, I mean, not for Detroit, uh, for the Rams. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, he played okay. But, yeah, 0-4, a really rough way to start uh, your career in Detroit. Yeah, it is a very rough way to start your career, and uh, the future still doesn't look very good either. <laughs> Sorry, Jared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so next Sunday, Chicago goes to Vegas, plays the Raiders, who play on tonight, and the Lions go to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings um, fell to 1-3, and three. Uh, with a horrible offensive performance for them. Um, very lousy, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty brutal game. Uh, Cleveland beat them 14 7. Cleveland grounded out a win, uh, to go to three and one. Uh, they've got those two backs that just seem to just pound the rock and get the yardage. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, uh, both had great games, and Baker Mayfield wasn't utilized very much. Uh, but he didn't didn't really need to um, when they have that uh, kind of running attack. Yeah, yeah. He, he he basically all he had to do was not turn over the ball, which he did not. But uh, at the same time, he he was high with a lot of throws. He missed a lot of throws. But you know what? His defense bailed him out. 
uh, kept the Vikes to literally seven points. So kept them off the scoreboard. Um, and then Chubb with 21 carries, 100 yards. Kareem Hunt, 14 carries, 69 yards, one touchdown. It, they're, 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 the Browns' running attack is no joke. Those two yeah. guys are consistent and prolific at the same time. Amazing, yeah. Uh, speaking of running attack, the Vikings really had none. Uh, 23 rushing attempts for a total of 65 yards. Um, I don't know what happened to Dalvin Cook. He was He's usually just amazing. Maybe he's still recovering from his injury. Uh, only had 34 yards on the ground. Madison, who had an amazing week last week, only had 20 yards on the ground. Thielen was held in check with only 46 yards through the air. Uh, Cousins, just 200 yards, um, only a touchdown and a pick. Yeah, it was crazy to see uh, Vikings. Uh, you know, they're a pretty prolific uh, offensive team, but uh, to get seven points and lose like that, Cleveland's defense uh, played incredible. Yeah, Cleveland's defense really shut them down. Uh, I think he kept the defense kept the Vikings running attack two point eight yards per carry. Wow. That's nothing. That's <laughs> zip. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to win games like that. Uh, Browns go to LA to face the Chargers on the late window on Sunday, and the Vikings host the Lions um, early Sunday. Uh, okay, so. Let's go. Yeah, let's talk about the AFC West. Uh, as we said earlier, the uh, Raiders and Chargers are playing against each other. A big AFC West matchup. Still 21 14. Um, about 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, the Raiders will host the Bears next Sunday, and the Chargers uh, host the Browns. So uh, in the Broncos game, Against Baltimore, there was a bit of controversy. Did you hear about the stuff between uh, the coaches, John Harbaugh and Nick Fangio? Uh, Fangio? Did you hear uh, the, that controversy? No, I did not. What happened? Uh, so Baltimore was up 23-7. They get an interception with three seconds left. And uh, typically the offense just kind of come out in the field. They're going to kneel and they're going to take, the, uh, take the win. Uh, they called a running play to Lamar Jackson and he ran around and got five yards and uh, Fangio was just so mad. He was just incredibly pissed. He started swearing, started flipping out. He said typical Harbaugh bullshit. And he was, he was really, really mad. And then Harbaugh was called on it and he said, you know what? Uh, my bad. It was my call. And I did it so we could continue our 100-yard rushing streak uh, that had reached, I think, let's see, 43 games. 43 games. Uh, Baltimore has had 100 yards rushing. And they tied the Pittsburgh Steelers from the 70s record, uh, 74 to 77. They had 43 games in a row with 100 yards. And they were sitting at 97 yards when that happened. And he said, no, I thought that was an important record for us to keep going at. Uh, wasn't that big of a deal. Lamar just ran, slid down. We got the record. Continuing on, I don't think uh, that, you know, big of a controversy. But, uh, man, Fangio was having none of it. He was angry. <laughs> and rightfully so. Rightfully so. It's almost like there's an unspoken rule. Just take a knee, we're done. 
You know, like you guys won, great. But if you're going to rub it in our face like that, yeah, the other coach is going to be rightfully pretty pissed. And he was. <laughs> he was really mad. It was crazy. Yeah, I, I love seeing the dueling press conferences. It was pretty hilarious. Uh, Broncos, that was their first loss. Uh, they had been playing great uh, out of the gate, 3-0. and um, Yeah, just Baltimore's defense just shut them down. Noah Fant had the only TD for them. Melvin Gordon was held in check. Um, Bridgewater got hurt. He got a concussion, and he was out um, second half. Drew Locke came in and played not bad, but, uh, yeah, just unable to put points on the board. And um, Hollywood Brown, holy cow, some of the catches he made. He had one phenomenal one in the end zone where he just dove straight out like Superman caught the ball. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson is lucky. Uh, he asked him, uh, the, in fact, this was the lowest amount of yardage that the Ravens have had on the ground since Lamar's been there. Uh, that was the lowest amount of yards they've ever had. So uh, he comes in there and uh, they go on this streak. I don't know if he's been there for the whole 43. I don't know if it's been that long, but um, they go uh, next week. Uh, they host the Colts on the Monday nighter and they're trying to break that record, get 44 games in a row with at least hundred yards rush. Well, hopefully they can break that record without having to do it with the last couple seconds left at the end of the game. Piss <laughs> <laughs> off every coach around. Right? <laughs> That's just going to be a thing going on. It's like, you know what? We're running the ball. Whatever. <laughs> that would be so hilarious if it comes down to the end there. Yeah. Three seconds left. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, three seconds left. You know, you're yeah. like, okay, game's over. But no, no, no. you're still running the ball. I would have just – it would have been crazy if Lamar just broke it and scored a touchdown. Like, <laughs> oh, man, I think Fangio would have just had an absolute massive meltdown. Oh, you would have. you would have lost it. You would have absolutely lost it. Would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been awesome, yeah. Uh, as I said a little earlier, the Broncos go to Pittsburgh next Sunday. Um, AFC North um, also is very strong this year so far. Uh, the Browns, Ravens, and the Bengals all sit at 3-1. and one. Uh, Pittsburgh's last at 1-3. and three. Uh, Since he beat the Jags on Thursday in a really tight game, it came down to a, a missed field goal at the end. Uh, oh, no, sorry, not a missed field goal, but a, a, a made field goal right at the end by the uh, Bengals. Uh, Burrow was just a little bit better than Trevor Lawrence. And um, CJ Uzuma uh, had a really big game with two touchdowns for them. Um, he's got a lot of weapons, though, uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. Uh, yeah, uh, more than they, Trevor Lawrence has with the Jags, for sure. Oh yeah, he's got he's got way more than Trevor Lawrence has for sure, and I'm just more impressed with the fact that Burrow 25 to 32, 348 yards, two touchdowns. He looks great, like off that surgically repaired knee that got torn up, like literally destroyed, turned into spaghetti. He looks fantastic coming back. Amazing, yeah, so great. I'm so glad when guys can bounce back from horrific tough injuries like that and look good. Uh, James Robinson had a big game for the Jags, had a couple TDs. Um, some of these guys' names are very challenging sometimes. This, uh, the, their top receiver for 
the Jags is LaVisca Chenault. Uh, six catches, 99 yards. And uh, Dan Arnold made his debut, got a couple catches there. Um, then uh, the Jags made some headlines uh, that they didn't want to make this weekend. Uh, I guess uh, after Thursday night's game in Ohio, uh, Urban Meyer went to the bar and uh, some videos were leaked of him uh, really grinding somebody on the dance floor that wasn't his wife. <laughs> and uh, he had a press conference that he apologized to his family to the team, to the fans, to everybody that would listen. And uh, he was really uh, saying how stupid he was. And uh, he apologized, apologized, apologized. But I watched the video. Oh, man, it was it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> you just have you just want to have some fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know I mean, <laughs> Uh, you have you seen the video or the press conference? Uh, no, but I could imagine just how um, how how embarrassed he would have been having to explain this. It, that's the thing with uh, with these uh, athletes or anybody in the in the public eye. They got to be aware at all times. So it's almost like you're just better off always having functions at your house. Yeah, just don't yeah. ever go out. Yeah. Well, he wasn't at his house. And he was he, he was in Cincy, so he decided yeah. he'd go out. And yeah, I don't know. I think he's made a big mistake. We'll see some more things. But hey, let's check out the video. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let's smear the guy all over here. Let's show him grinding up on that girl. <laughs> Worst moment of his life, and it gets thrown out over the over social media oh man i felt i felt a little bad for the guy uh but yeah i mean geez uh, i think he got a little too liquored up there yeah well you, you gotta you gotta you gotta know that somebody has a phone yeah and somebody's recording you and it's super easy yeah no doubt hey eh? wow um jags uh, host the titans next sunday since he hosts the packers which will be really really tough um, Buffalo, as we mentioned earlier, uh, they're playing chiefs, uh, next weekend. Um, they absolutely destroyed Houston 40 to nothing. Um, five takeaways, two games ahead of everybody else in the division. Now, I, I think, uh, you can pretty much crown them the division champions. They are, um, looking amazing. Uh, two shutouts in the first four games. Uh, they lead nine, I think it's nine categories uh, on defense. Um, man, they got a prolific offense, and now their defense is this good. It's uh, scary how uh, good Buffalo can be, and I think they're going to really, really, really compete with Kansas City for the top of the AFC. Oh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, I think that's that's obvious now. You know, like be, the defense terrorized the Texans. They were helpless. Three sacks on the quarterback, three interceptions by the, the by the Bills defense. Allen had a solid game, 20, 29, 248 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Diggs, his favorite receiver, seven receptions for 114 yards. Um, Singletary, 14 carries for 79 yards. They had the total package yeah. on offense and defense. Uh, the Texans were completely helpless. There was nothing that they could do. Like, literally, 
Mills completed more passes to Bills players in the first half than to his own players. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Holy cow. Hey, eh? like four picks for Davis Mills. You got to feel sorry for this rookie. Another yeah. guy that's thrown into the, you know, the lion's den and uh, not giving him any help at all, man. Uh, a really, really rough game for Mills. Only had, uh, they only had 61 passing yards altogether. He had 81, 87 yards through the air, but with the sacks moving him back, they only had 48 rush yards. The yardage was 450 to 109. First downs were 26 to 6. Uh, just go on and on and on through the stats. It was just a complete mismatch. Just unreal. It, it was like like it was like a kind of like a, an NFL team played a JV team, like a high school team, and just run roughshod all over them. Just yeah. destroyed them. Just destroyed them. <laughs> uh, Bill's the first team to have two shots in the first four games of the season since Baltimore Ravens in 2000. Ravens went on and won the Super Bowl that year, uh, Super Bowl 35. Uh, that year, they only allowed third, no, 23 points in the four playoff games that got them that Super Bowl title. Um, so, yeah, uh, I remember how amazing that defense was, helped them win that championship. And uh, Bills are, you know, starting to be compared to them, uh, you know, for this first four games. Anyway, it's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty blown, pretty impressive. And, and uh, look out to AFC. Uh, if they're this good on both sides of the ball, uh, it's going to be very tough to beat them. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the rest of the NFL teams are in for a hard night whenever they play the Bills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's Sunday Nighter. Can't wait. Man, there's been so many good primetime games this year. Uh, Texans host the Patriots, so uh, I think uh, they're in for another loss there. Uh, as I mentioned, Jets got their first win in overtime. They beat Tennessee. Huge uh, surprise. Uh, Tennessee was down Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. So Derek Henry, look at how many times he rushed. 33 attempts for 157 yards and a couple of catches, one touchdown on the ground, but 33 attempts for Henry. They're going to just, they're going to just wear this guy down to a nub. I know he's massive, but like, that's too much. That's way too much. Uh, but they, they needed, they needed him. They yeah. needed him because they didn't have their two studs for their passing attack to be legitimate. Yeah. And so that's why they had to, they had to go with their, their horse. And he almost got him there. He almost got him there. And normally, normally, any other time that you play the Jets, that's enough. <laughs> but for whatever reason, maybe it was a full moon, I don't know, but the Jets managed to pull it off. They pulled it off. Incredible. Yeah, so great. Uh, Corey Davis was big. He heard his former team. Uh, was He was an ex-Titan. Uh, four catches for 111 yards and a touchdown. Keelan Cole had 92 yards. Jamison Crowder had a touchdown. Uh, and then they had big, big, big uh, defensive performance by C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams. They both had 10 tackles each. Uh, and Zach Wilson uh, finally gets that win. Uh, man, does he ever look like a young kid, though. Like, you see him on the sideline, you're thinking, this guy's running an NFL team? Like, he still looks like a young kid. Yeah, yeah, it looks like he just got out of high school, grade 12. Pretty sweet. <laughs> but he had a great game, man. Um, 21 to 34, 297 yards, two, two TDs. And, uh, yeah. And then the Jets' defense had seven sacks. Wow. 
Seven sacks. Wow. wow. Yeah. Tannehill was asked to throw it 49 times. He got 30 uh, completions, but didn't have the weapons there, uh, you know, through the air. So a big win for the Jets, uh, as, I, as we both said. Holy shit. Both New York teams won on the same weekend. That's historic. Probably hasn't happened in a few years there. Wow. Amazing. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, the Jets get to go to London, England, take on Atlanta early Sunday, and the Titans go to Jacksonville. So uh, should be able to get back on track there. Uh, the Dolphins lost. Uh, they both uh, they lost to Indy 27-17, and now they both sit 1-3 and three on the year. Uh, Carson Wentz finally got his first win as a Colt. Uh, had a pretty good game, not too bad, a couple touchdown passes. Jonathan Taylor was big with a – 16 carries for 103 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mo Ali Cox, his big tight end, had a couple TDs. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was just average, didn't quite get 200 yards, a couple touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Parker and Mike Desecchi both got TDs there, but uh, Indy took the victory. And um, yeah, that's the last game in the NFL. Uh, Colts go to Baltimore for the Monday Nighter, one week from tonight. And the Dolphins play their interstate rival, the good old Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, uh, uh-oh, uh, poor Dolphins <laughs> have to face the Super Bowl champs. Yeah, well, it just it just keeps getting better for the Dolphins, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last uh, thing I want to mention, um, Andy Reid. Uh, we said he came out, he went to the hospital, uh, on our last podcast, he came out of the hospital the next day and, um, looked pretty good. He won his hundredth game as coach of the Kansas city chiefs. He also won a hundred games as the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles that they played last night. And, uh, he's the first coach in NFL history to get a hundred wins with two separate franchises. Uh, really good to see him out of the hospital and getting that milestone. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, quite the accomplishment to get that many wins with two different franchises. Well done. Yeah, and uh, on the injury front, uh, uh, they think that Jimmy G will not play uh, this coming weekend, as well as Teddy Bridgewater. Jimmy G had the calf injury. Teddy Bridgewater had the concussion. Um, they they think he won't clear concussion protocol in time. Uh, but I guess it's it's wait and see time. So, yeah, so that covers the NFL. Uh, fun weekend as always. Um, great to see the Seahawks win. Um, that, that Sunday nighter wasn't that great, but at least, you know, they finally got that out of the way. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom Brady was able to go home, get that out of the way, win against every franchise. Uh, that'll be it. He won't. I don't think they'll, he'll ever go back there and play again. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was sure talked about, sure. Hyped a little overhyped, I guess. Well, yeah. You know, like it, it was going to be like that, right. Because he has such a history with the Patriots and the fact that he left them and immediately won another Super Bowl. So yeah, (laughs) it's going to be talked about. Did you see how quick the hug was between him and Belichick? I did. And I'm, for me, I kind of thought, will Belichick even do it? Yeah. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just dodge him. Or maybe he'll just shake his hand. 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> but sure. uh, like, so he gave him a hug, but you were just like, okay, well, he, they're not friends anymore. No, <laughs> but, there, but there sure was a long lineup of guys wanting to hug him. You know, yeah. uh, coaches, trainers, players. Um, he was uh, he's well loved there. You know, uh, that he helped that franchise become one of the greatest franchises in NFL history. So I would think there'd be a lot of love for him there. Yeah. Some people appreciate that. The hoodie doesn't. But some, yeah, others do. Others do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, why don't we turn to the UFC? Um, they had a uh, another fight card from the Apex in Vegas. Uh, this one had two Brazilians. Uh, facing off against each other. Uh, I think this is the, I think, seventh or eighth time in history. I got a little stat here I'll show in a sec. But, um, yeah, quite the uh, cautious main event, I will say. Uh, both guys seem to be really worried about the other guy's power and uh, length and were staying at distance for the most part. And um, Tiago Santos was able to grind out a decision against Johnny Walker. Um, what'd you think of this one? Yeah. Cautious is a, is a good way to describe this fight. Um, they kept each other at distance and uh, you know what? I'm just going to say it. It felt like more like a spar. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. Yeah. Like it, it did. It just felt like more like a spar. Right. Um, I know that Walker's now with the new fight camp with uh, Conor McGregor's guy, Kavanaugh. And so. Probably, yeah. Uh, to to a certain extent, what I saw from Walker was he wasn't he. They kind of neutered his wildness and the right. creativeness of his strikes. They've kind of tamed him and put took it back a little bit. Mm -hmm. I get why they're doing that, so he could have a more nuanced and mature approach to the fight game. Sure. But to a certain extent, that's actually what makes Johnny Walker Johnny Walker. They they should let him get off the reins a little bit. Yeah, have both have some sort of balance of both so that he can yeah. still be him and then still have a measured approach as well. I think you can do that with a fighter yeah. because it just, to me, it seemed like that's not the Johnny Walker I'm used to seeing or the, what the fans want to see. I want to see, I want to see a little crazy. Yeah. I did appreciate the fact that he had that more mature approach, but I do want to see a little bit of the crazy as well. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I thought Santos had the more effective strikes throughout the course of the five rounds. That's yeah. why. Yeah, he, he did. Um, you know, they, he just landed some bigger shots. He just had the, uh, he, he was able to get a, a few combinations off. I just thought, you know, he, he won three rounds and three rounds to two. It's just, uh, it was just reality. Um, he was, I think quite worried also. He had lost three going in. Uh, was not signed past uh, Saturday night, had, didn't have a contract uh, going forward. Um, but uh, I always remember you always remarked about that hammer on his chest and uh, proved very tough to uh, not be intimidated by a guy with a massive Thor hammer on his chest. And he, um, yeah, he seemed to just be the better fighter on this night for sure. Yes, yes, his Thor hammer really came into play. He cracked Walker with some shots, yeah. shots that I think other fighters would have got knocked out by. True. Walker showed a very resilient chin in that uh, in that fight, and Santos did enough to win. 
Like I said, uh, both fighters super cautious for this fight because they realize what's coming back at them. And so he did enough to get his win. So this this actually was the ninth main event that fought, that featured two Brazilian fighters in it. Uh, Tiago Santos uh, has had that before against Glover Teixeira. Uh, then there's uh, Rafael Asuncao against Marlon Moraes, two. Uh, Noguera against Verdum, two. Then we go into some pretty awesome ones that, you, you know, we remember big time. Anderson Silva against Vitor Belfort when he knocked him out with the front kick. Uh, Leota Machida against Shogun 2. Phenomenal fight. Another Anderson Silva against Damian Maya. Leota Machida against Shogun number one. And Anderson Silva against Talos Leitas. So um, only the ninth time in history, which is sort of surprising in a bit of a way because uh, so many prolific Brazilians in the sport, but um, kind of wild uh, to see and try to remember some of those fights that happened over the history of the UFC. Yeah, and some of those fights were super memorable. Some of those fights were not very memorable. <laughs> uh, like, uh, for instance, uh, the Anderson, if I remember correctly, the Anderson Damian Maya was a snoozer. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. 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 True, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tiago Santos uh, said he deserves the title shot uh, when uh, Jan Blahovic and Glover Teixeira fight at the end of the month. They're, they're going to fight for the belt. He said he deserves the next shot. Uh, if they don't give him that, he called out Yuri Prohachka, which, man, that could be a little more than he wants to chew, but uh probably a pretty amazing fight to watch that would be an amazing fight but i'm sorry because of his record i can't give him the shot at the like at the champ yeah he's one in three i, I that, that record doesn't doesn't deserve you to get a shot at the champ it just doesn't yeah. Yeah. but if he beats prohachka if they make that fight he's getting closer yeah yeah here you uh, okay, um, talk about let's let's talk about the co-main event. Uh, really good fight while it lasted, but a really unfortunate way that it finished. Uh, I'm glad they called it a no contest though after a brutal uh, clashing of heads um, that was just accidental put Kevin Holland on roller skates and uh, eventually led to uh, Kyle Dawkins. Um, KOing him, but uh, or submitting him, sorry, but um, they called it a no contest because of that brutal uh, clashing of heads. First off, I all respect the Dan Mergliata right call on his yeah. part. Absolute right call yeah. on his part. Um, I, I love the fact that he reviewed it, he talked to his people outside, and then he's like, no, 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 no. You can't win the fight like that because clearly off the replay, Kevin Holland went out. Right. He went out after that clash of heads. And but he was able to pop back up, but he clearly wasn't the same fighter anymore. No. Clearly. He was clearly compromised. You can't win a fight like that. I thought it was excellent uh refereeing on his part. Yeah. You're a fan of Kevin Holland. Uh you've always remarked how much you like him. Uh he does a lot of talking. Uh really early on, he stuffed a takedown and he yelled out, Hey, is that a lot better, DC? <laughs> did, you, did you catch that <laughs> yeah i did i did i 
I love the fact that he's 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 having fun in there, you know, like and and he, he just he adds another element of entertainment that you just don't get with other guys. And mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. It's refreshing. Uh, as long as, you know, he fights, which he does. And sometimes he kind of forgets to do that. But in this particular fight uh, with these two up and coming studs, and I do call them studs because I, I love the way these guys both fight. I am looking forward to the rematch yeah. because I believe they both accepted immediate rematch. Yeah, yeah. I, you could hear him in the cage say, hey, we should run this back. Hey, you're in. Are you in? Yeah. He looked at his cornerman. Yeah, you want to do this? Everybody nodded their heads. Everybody said, sure. Hopefully yeah. the UFC can put it together. Um, you know, when a guy's knocked out like that, you know, they might wait a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll see if they can make it happen soon. Um, usually when it, things go to review, uh, it hasn't worked out very well. Uh, they, there was a lot of times where they said, if it goes to review, nothing we can do, fight's over, blah, blah, blah. Uh, luckily, you know, they really got it right. They, you know, took the time. Uh, Mergliata was looking at it. They had a lot of the commission guys there. They had other rest, like Herb Dean was giving his opinions and stuff. And yeah. uh, it was nice to see them finally get something really, really, really right. Yeah. Because like, you know, it's important. It's yeah. these guys' careers. It's, you know, like a lot of money's on the line. I, and I love the fact that they collaborated, all of them together, collectively to help Murugliata get to the right decision, which he absolutely did. Yeah. He nailed it. Uh, a viral video uh, started circ- uh, circulating today, and uh, Kevin Holland had a busy weekend. He caught a th- car thief, held him down till the uh, police arrived. I think it was late Sunday, early Monday. Uh, there's video of him doing that. Uh, pretty, pretty wild that he uh, had a fight on Saturday, and he's willing to the next day put his life on the line and stop a car thief and, uh, you know, hold him for the cops. It was pretty, pretty crazy video there. But I feel bad for the car thief. Yeah. Because that dude will wreck you. (laughs) (laughs) You you got no shot, pal. He must have just been like, okay, yeah. Don't (laughs) don't hit me, please. Don't hit me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was yeah, pretty wild. Uh, Some of these guys have, uh, yeah, they live in some tough neighborhoods and uh, they have to put their lives on the line even uh, outside the cage. So uh, pretty wild video coming out today. Uh, okay, this welterweight fight between Alex Cowboy Oliveira and Nico Price, uh, I think was my most anticipated match on this card. I was really excited to see these guys bang. And um, yeah, it was a fun fight. I really enjoyed it. How about you? Oh, yeah. Uh, bang away did they ever that was a slug fest it was action-packed um i i, I kind of had it that nico won the first and the third yes. and he definitely won the third because of his superior conditioning which he mentioned that he trained he felt very very good about his conditioning for this fight yeah. which is what he absolutely needed and unfortunately Oliveira faded in the third that was the difference in the fight yeah, that was the difference in the fight, and it was a great fight, man. But at the same time, Oliveira looked great. I thought his movement was good. I thought his head movement was excellent. I thought his combos were great. But uh, it just seemed that Price was more. Um, he had he, he wanted it more. That's yeah. what I feel. He felt like he wanted it more, and he attacked more aggressively. Well, but, it was 
To me, it was razor, razor thin. Uh, Price won the first round because he had like three and a half minutes of, of control, but Oliveira um, caught that kick of Price in the second round, threw him down, and then got on yeah. top of him. He um, uh, he had to fight off a couple submissions, but he, he took control, and he was better in that second round. Uh, that third round was just going down. It was like, holy cow, who's going to win this? And then Price got that very late, the takedown and i think that just solidified that that victory um man it was the judges must have been like holy shit who am i gonna call here i don't know who won this round ah do something do something and then when that takedown happened they all probably just went oh thank goodness because uh you know i i hate i would that's one thing about judging is tough because you're you don't want to get it wrong uh and you you know there wasn't much difference between the two guys until that lake takedown. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, those are the hardest fights to judge when it's that close and the guys are that close in their skill level. It's super hard for the judges. They don't have an easy job at times. Sometimes it's actually pretty easy, but mm -hmm. for this particular fight, that was not easy. No, hard fight. No, no. Uh, Price outstruck Oliveira 14, four with significant strikes in the first uh, Oliveira was up 16, 12 in significant strikes in the second. Then it got toe to toe for a while there. And it was 29, 27 significant strikes for Nico price in that late takedown. And he, he mentioned that that, uh, was the reason and the hybrid moves on with a big win, uh, called out Nick Diaz, which is kind of fun. Uh, guys are suddenly seeing Nick back in the mix. He might as well get a big fight or a really high rank fighter he asked for um yeah nick uh we'll see if uh, nick can recover from whatever injury that knee was and uh get back in there um i i think nico price is far and away better but uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll see what happens uh great to hear uh nick diaz be on the lips of guys when they're making call outs yeah i know it's it's nostalgic, that's for sure. I, I don't, um, but I'm going to be honest, I don't know if he's actually going to step into the octagon again. Yeah. Uh, it would be awesome to see, but uh, from what I saw, his conditioning, we've seen him look better, we've seen him look way better than that. I don't really know if his heart's in it. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I get what you're saying, yeah. Uh, okay, let's turn to the middleweight fight between the Canadian Misha Serkinov uh, fighting the Polish fighter Krzysztof Jotko. Uh, Serkinov made his debut at middleweight, moving down from 205 to 185. Uh, the guy from Toronto, Ontario, has had a great career. He's beat guys like Jimmy Crute, uh, Krylov, Kutalaba, uh, finished his last 10 wins. Um, a lot of submission wins. Um, he tried taking Jotko down so many times, though. I think the, the final numbers were five for 17 on takedowns, and he didn't keep him down uh, on most of those takedowns. So uh, Jotko was able to uh, get that decision victory. Uh, a very, very tough guy. And um, I, I felt a little bit Sad for uh, Serkinov because I thought he put on a great effort, but um, just not enough. Yeah. And also, too, when, when I saw Serkinov get into the octagon, I don't think he should fight at middleweight. Yeah, like he, to me, he looked too depleted. Right. He, he looked like it just, he, he just, obviously the man's in shape, but it, 
it didn't look right to me. It yeah. looked like it looked like he was, yeah, he looked depleted to me. So, and then I that then for me, that's why I wasn't surprised that he wasn't able to complete so many of those takedowns because that muscle mass that he was missing by getting down to that weight wasn't there. Yeah. So he didn't have the strength to do it anymore. But Jotko looked fantastic. He never overcommitted, had great head movement and threw great combos throughout the entirety of that fight. Uh, you've seen Sirkinov fight live twice. I've seen Sirkinov fight live about six or seven times. Um, can you tell me where you saw Misha Sirkinov fight for the first time live? Seattle? Good no. guess, but no. Vancouver. Victoria. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. We uh, you and I went to Victoria. Uh this is this goes back to uh 2010. Uh we went to uh, AFC three and we saw him win uh against Sean Polyuk. Uh, 57 seconds in the first round, July 17th, 2010. And uh, we went over there. I took you over to the Armageddon Fighting Championships. And uh, that was his uh, that was his third professional fight. And um, he has fought uh, all over Canada. He's fought in Montreal on uh, three occasions. He's fought in Victoria, uh, Aurelia, Sarnia, uh, Yellowknife. Uh, London, Ontario, Calgary twice, Saskatoon, Ottawa, Toronto, Winnipeg, Moncton, New Brunswick, and Vancouver. You and I watched him uh, fight and beat Jimmy Crute uh, September of 2019. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's fought all over Canada, probably almost every town that has a big arena like that. Uh, pretty incredible career to uh be you know this far into it uh, 22nd fight um but yeah i don't know i don't know why he decided to try his hand at uh, middleweight but um yeah he looked depleted to me i agree yeah he he just it didn't look right for him and uh so maybe he was trying to do a test to see if it would be worth his while to do it yeah. to get down there uh i i think I don't think it is. I, I don't think that. I think he's better served at fighting at light heavyweight, personally. Yeah, um, it was a it was a really weird body transformation. I, yeah. I was like, whoa! Was. I just didn't think I could ever see him look that way. It was very strange. Um, he is only one. He has one, only one of two ever Peruvian necktie submissions in UFC history. Uh, one of two. Uh, that's pretty wild. Yeah, that's a that's a very very rare and difficult submission to get, and uh, that's that's a sweep. That's a kind of a nice feather in the cap, so to yeah. speak, to have that. His last eight fights have all finished in the first round, win or loss. Uh, the last time he was in the second round before this fight was 2016. So, um, yeah, I wondered about his cardio going into a six a second round. He I just, yeah, either lost or won in the first round and just on and on and on for many years. But, um, yeah, I, I, I hope he figures it out, uh, maybe goes back. Um, he's, he's beat a lot of great fighters. He's lost to, he's lost to Ryan Spann, 
uh, Johnny Walker, Glover Teixeira, and Ozdemir. Um, but that's, you know, those are some really high-level guys. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't take much away from losing to those guys. No, you know, those, are, those guys are some of the best in the division. So, yeah, those are good losses, if there's <laughs> yeah, such a thing. Exactly. Such yeah. a thing. Uh, the opening fight of the main card had uh, Alexander Hernandez fighting a late replacement in Mike Breeden. Mike Money Breeden wasn't money on this night. Uh, <laughs> he took a pretty rough, quick knockout loss. Uh, Hernandez looked devastating and so good. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's great that a guy could come in for a late replacement, but it's a little bit bad when he's that overmatched. Oh, he was completely overmatched in this one. Um, but Hernandez took his time in dismantling his opponent. He had a good balance of confidence and aggression throughout that entire fight. And then once he had Reed and Hearn, he just stepped on the gas and took him out quick. Yeah, he did, like, so fast. Uh, for some reason, uh, he lost He lost uh, the, the fight uh, that he was supposed to fight. So he made the call out, and he said he wants Leonardo back. He said, I trained eight weeks for you, man. Get in the cage with me. What the hell? And, he said, and then he said he plans to party his dick off after that. So, um, he's, uh, he's a pretty funny guy and entertaining. And um, hopefully he gets his wish and um, they can make that fight that he was supposed to fight in. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the uh, just the, the main fight on the prelims. Um, we had Jared Flash Gordon against Joe Selecki. Um, Flash Gordon. Uh, Sanford MMA producing another really, really great fighter. And um, another takedown. Uh, Gordon was, I thought, dominating in, in many ways. He, he won a split decision, but, um, yeah, I, I thought he was going to get the call when uh, went to the judges' scorecards. Yeah, me too. Uh, like, How about this? Selec Selecki. Certainly won the first round, dominated in the grappling. And then Gordon managed to turn the tide in the second. All of a sudden, Selecki could not take him down. Or and when he did, he popped back immediately up. And then Gordon took him down yeah. and managed to keep him down. And then that, that, was, that was the beginning of where the momentum shift mm -hmm. happened, was when Gordon was able to do that against Selecki. And then in the third round, clearly, clearly Gordon was the better stand-up fighter. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, man, clear yeah, difference there. He looked, he looked phenomenal in that third round, and yeah, I, I, I feel like Selecki might have just gassed a little bit because of all those early takedowns, yeah. and yeah, wasn't able to get any subs out of it. But um, holy cow, uh, Gordon looked good in the third round, and um, yeah, entertaining guy. I, I really enjoy watching him fight. Yeah, yeah, he was. I, I love the fact that he, he's, he's, he's in your face. He's not going anywhere. Like you, you got to beat a guy like that. You got to beat him yeah, or else right. if you don't beat him, he's going to just keep coming at you. Yeah. Uh, okay. We had uh, Shevchenko win last week. We had a second Shevchenko on this card. Uh, her sister fought um, just like Kyle Dawkins. His brother, Chris, won uh, last week. Uh, and then, um, yeah, he he's in that fight uh, against the uh, – 
Yeah, he's sorry. He's in the uh, co-main event. This one, this time we had uh, the older brother or older sister, Antonina Shevchenko, but she fought this really amazing prospect in Casey O'Neill, who's undefeated, coming in, uh, born in Scotland, raised in Australia, lives in Vegas, and comes in. That was her fifth fight in the past twelve months. Three straight wins. Uh, she's uh, she's got actually the longest finish streak. In the USC, currently in the women's division, um, Casey O'Neill looked really, really, really good. Yes, yeah, she did. But it kind of got off to a rocky start. Shevchenko used her length and was kind of picking her apart in the first round. But then O'Neill closed distance and used her superior grappling. And once she got Shevchenko to the ground, she kept her on the ground. Yeah. Got full mounts. Started beating her up. <laughs> and then that was all she wrote, man. That was all she wrote. Yeah. That all she yeah, wrote. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was impressive. Um, okay, do you want to talk about uh, any of the other fights on the card? Uh, there was a couple knockouts, uh, one in the lightweight division, one in the bantamweight division. Um, anything stand out for you there? Um, I, I just wanted to say for the Smith versus Malarkey fights, um, Smith is one heck of an athletic specimen, but Malarkey was uh, up to the task of taking Smith out. He, I, I was super impressed with Malarkey. I was yeah. impressed with his head movement. I was impressed with his hands, especially once he had Smith hurt with that punch to his eyeball, got the knuckle in the eyeball, kind of sucks. And then once he did that, ah, that body shot that he devastated Smith with, that really, that was the beginning of the end for Smith. Oh, I, I was impressed. I was yeah. super impressed, man. His combos were flowing nice. Yeah. Took him up. I saw Ross Pearson uh, in his corner, and uh, Ross Pearson had been through many wars, one of the best guys out of the UK. And uh, yeah, I knew that Malarkey was going to be one of those tough Brits that you see. And um, yeah, to you know, put that much force into that body punch that devastated him. Uh, wow, it was holy shit. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to get hit with that. No, 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 no. You don't want to get hit with those kind of shots, man. It takes the wind right out of you and devastates you, which it did to Smith. Great win by Malarkey. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, amazing, fun card as always, man. Um, really, really great. Uh, we've got um, uh, UFC uh, Apex uh, early start again uh, this this coming weekend. Uh, the prelims start at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern time and the main card starts at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we've got a women's fight to start it off. Mackenzie Dern against Marina Rodriguez. Uh, Cole Main has the Jamaican brother of yours, Randy Brown, facing Jared Gooden. Uh, Tim Elliott's fighting Nicolau, uh, Phil Hawes and Darren Wynn. Um, yeah, what do you think of this card? Pretty good card. Not bad. Um... I kind of thought that this card past was a little bit stronger than this card coming up. Mm. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm kind of looking forward to the co-main event fight of uh, Jared Gooden versus uh, Rude Boy Randy Brown. I think uh, that could be, that would probably be the best fight on the card, on the main card, personally. Mm. Because uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a stylistic fight. Gooden coming in with power, Randy Brown, with those long, long limbs can try to keep him at distance and we'll see who can tough it out and win. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've got uh, women's fights uh, co- uh, headlining two weeks in a row. Uh, Holly Holm against Norma Dumont a couple weeks from now. Uh, then the big f- uh, fight on the 23rd between Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittori. Uh, that one is going to be great. Bruce Leroy's fighting on that one. And then we've got the big one, UFC 267, uh, Halloween Eve, uh, Jan Blahovich against Glover Teixeira, and the co-main Peter Jan and Corey Sanhagen, uh, Makachev against Hooker, Volkov against Tabura. Um, man, there's a lot of phenomenal fights on UFC 267. Uh, it's going to be a great month. Lots of good fight, lots of good fight cards. Yeah. A lot of good fight cards. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing UFC 267 because I want to know how good is Hooker? Yeah. I want to know how good he is because he's going against that guy, <laughs> Makachev. Yeah. So this is this is going to be a testament to just how good Dan Hooker is. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so can't wait for all this. Uh, a few news and notes from the uh, mixed martial arts world. Uh, they finally signed the deal between Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira. Use FC 269 coming up. Can't wait for that fight. It's going to be amazing. Uh, this card was supposed to have Aspen Ladd on it. She missed weight and was pulled from the card. Uh, that's her third time missing weight. Uh, she was called out by many, many, many fighters. They were really angry at her. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think she's going to have to choose a different weight class. Um, Connor, uh, Connor McGregor released some details uh, about some of the pay-per-view buys this week. Um, he said uh, USC 257 had one and a half million pay-per-view buys, which turned out to be number four all time in the UFC uh, between behind him and Khabib uh, USC 229 had 2.4 million uh, McGregor Poirier uh, 1.8 million uh, McGregor Diaz 1.6 million. Um, he told, he said that uh, USC 257, uh, the UFC grossed a hundred million dollars that night. And uh, he wants more of it. He said he's the reason why the UFC has went from 4.2 billion that they sold for in 2016 to valued at 11 billion dollars today. And he said uh, he's the reason uh, he needs to get paid. He needs to be in <laughs> the same class as Dana White money. He said, um, I don't see that happening, but uh, uh, he's back in the news again today. Yeah, okay, so he's talking again. That's pretty cool, um, like he always does. I would say this to Connor. Maybe you should – I think you should – I've got to start winning. You want big money. Yeah. I think winning is important. Yeah. <laughs> Talking yeah. is cool. Winning is kind of the thing that gets you paid. <laughs> I'm kidding, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point, exactly. Um, yeah, he hasn't been uh, on that – he hasn't been raising his hand in victory very often in the past few years here. So, yeah, <laughs> I think he needs to get some victories. Uh, then he can probably call his shots a little bit more. Yeah, and then people can take him seriously because right now he just, yep, that's just Cutter popping off at the mouth again. Awesome. Right on. Good stuff. <laughs> 
there was some talk about possibly the USC releasing John Jones after his latest um, transgression and arrest. Um, do you see the USC doing this? No. Just no, because uh, at the end of the day, he still makes money for the company. Yeah. And for everything that uh, that other dude that we just talked about, Connor's done. Eh, come on. That's they're, they're not going to do it. It's a threat. It's credible. But I just don't see it happening. I, I, I don't believe in it. Not for a second. Nope. Did you see the video of um, a audience member trying to attack Khabib on stage the other day? Oh, that's that's. That's dumb. <laughs> Why would you ever want to? Like, are you? Is he sick of living? Is it? He's like that. This is how I want to go out by Habib. Yeah, because that's kind of what would happen. Pretty nuts, eh? <laughs> Pretty crazy. I don't know what the guy was trying to do, but he was holding his fist up. He. Uh, it was a um, question and answer session in England. He was on stage uh, speaking. Uh, suddenly, he stood up. And a guy jumped up and started saying, let's go, let's go. uh, uh, Khabib was just like, get the hell out of here. And then, boom, security tackled the guy, uh, held him down, handcuffed him, took him away. Uh, It was, yeah, it was pretty pretty nutty the way the guy came flying up on stage to try to attack him. Well, yeah, you know, I guess that was his uh, two minutes of fame. And uh, what he's... Let's be honest here. You got lucky. It's better that security took you out than that guy take you out. I know, man. Imagine, hey, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, insane. Yeah, it's a pretty wild video. Take a look at it if you haven't seen it, Jason, or uh, any of our viewers or listeners. So pretty wild. Uh, yeah, so uh, did we have a final score in our uh, our, our Monday nighter? Uh-huh. 28-14, the Chargers took the victory they got a late touchdown and a huge huge win for the chargers uh let's see jared cook got the touchdown for them their tight end and uh they are all three and one in that um afc west uh really competitive tight tough great division yeah and i just made myself twenty dollars twenty dollars sweet you get to go in and get some money for lunch tomorrow awesome Yes. Yes, I do. Give me my lunch money, buddy. Give me my lunch money. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, I was kind of caught off guard, started this new show, just boom, out of the blue uh, today. But uh, great news. You'll be joining us next week. Uh, can't wait for that. Uh, we're going to be able to do this kind of chat uh, all day long again. Uh, it's been a while since we've been able to talk at work about all the great sports we do. And uh it's always fun to do this on mondays with you though uh, another great show another great show my friend it's been excellent and uh i look forward to more of these talks starting next week it's gonna be great. <laughs> great. super great super great okay man we'll have a really awesome week uh last week there and um thanks for doing this i appreciate it i know it's a little late tonight so uh get get some good sleep tonight so you feel better tomorrow oh i will for sure you as well my friend you as well Okay. Thanks, buddy. Take care, man. Bye for now. Cheers. Bye for now. Okay. Another episode in the books. Uh, Love it. Uh, We're very uh, faithfully dedicated to getting this done every single 
Solitary Monday, and uh, Jason's been amazing for doing this. Um, thank you to Lorea again for all your help uh, getting this done and put together. A uh, little commemorative Raiders jersey up here. I got the uh, Chargers one behind me here. You can't quite see the logo in the dark, but a uh, good win for the Chargers, uh, making that very competitive vision. Uh, need to thank our partners and sponsors really quick. And uh, do we have them up here? Uh, we do not. So um, let's thank Anchor FM. Thank you for all you do. A phenomenal partner for posting on multiple podcast platforms. Uh, go to anchor.fm if you want to make a podcast. They call themselves the easiest place to make a podcast. And I would really agree. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company. And the V350 stick is something that you need to get in your hands, people. Pampas and Possibilities, they design great uh, dried florals, do floral arrangements and phenomenal things. And finally, Forever Living, the Aloe Vera Company for health and beauty products. Appreciate all your support. Thank you so much to our partners and sponsors. And thanks to everyone that uh, contributes on a weekly basis and watches these and listens to them on your podcast platforms. Thanks so much. Um, take care of yourself. Have a really great week ahead. Love you lots. Uh, go to completemedianetwork.com and spread the word. Love you guys. Bye for now.